Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Carbide Content. I'm one of your hosts, John, with Triaxis. Hello, I'm David of Contraption Collection. Howdy, I'm Grant from Fellowship Blades. Hello, I am Dalen of MachineWise. Sweet. All right. You guys have so much to talk about. Who wants to go first? I I think I do. I I think I might have actually made scissors I will actually sell. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's so exciting. And so what makes them different is that, <clears throat> excuse me, usually there's uh, like just a couple things that like are, I feel like wrong or I kind of was lazy about or something where it's like I show someone some scissors and it's like, okay, these are just a prototype because it's like, oh, I should have fixed this. You know, I should change this. Um, or there's stuff where it's like with the blades, I felt like this was just too random and lucky and it's not a reliable process. And so, you know, so now I feel like I have a reliable process where I think if I just stick with 50 Rockwell for a while, I can adjust the blades even after hardening. Um, and then I think I've finished, uh, I figured out finishing with the blades pretty much, um, and so I made a couple scissors where I feel like I just did everything in the same way I would continue doing it for a while. And they came out pretty good. And I just have to maybe get them laser engraved today. And then I have to figure out packaging and a website and, you know, <laughs> All how I actually sell stuff. them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. I probably could have figured out way earlier. Um, uh, but ho- hopefully that, you know, is almost done as well. Um, and so, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll actually sell a pair of dang scissors soon. Oh, it's so sweet. I, so, I can't wait to buy them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll be at curious 50, to see. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Dale. Oh, at 50 Rockwell, did you figure out the bending issue? Uh, well, 50 Rockwell, like uh, enables me to bend them. Yes. And, uh, I was using a vice, but a while ago you guys showed, uh, that you guys use an Arbor press. Yeah. And, uh, for some reason, the Arbor Press is way easier. I don't know why, because I'm doing basically the same thing. <laughs> it's way easy. But, but it just... And, and, like, the vice is, like... It's got a pretty big mechanical advantage, and you can just yeah, set it. it. Um, but, like, stuff wants to, like, fly out and move around, I feel like, more on the it vice. Does. So and you have less feel with the vice, I've, I've found. Oh, yeah. You know, a, a bit better, I guess, tactile input through the, uh, through the Arbor Press. What I liked about the vice is I could be like, okay, I need to go two and a half turns to get the bend I want. Yeah. Uh, yep. With Arbor Press, I'd have to kind of be like, okay, I think it's this angle, but it also kind of depends on how the bend starts, mm-hmm. um, like how warped it is before or after. Yeah. Um, did you want to say something, John? Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say I'm gonna be curious about what you decide for packaging because that's always like a battle for me. I hate packaging. Yeah. yeah, I think everybody does. Uh-huh. I, I think I'm just gonna have like, you know, some kind of nice-ish box inside a shipping box, and inside of all that, you know, just some kind of uh, bag. You know. Okay. Uh, eventually, I think I want to do more, but I'm trying to not put so many roadblocks, and that's what's right. stopped me from doing anything in the first place. Is yeah, I definitely keep it simple in the beginning, and people definitely like. I don't know. I think packaging sometimes is like sometimes it's a big deal to me, and then other times I'm like, people are like, yeah, I really don't care. So I mean, yeah, uh-huh. I in I mean, the beginning they understand, you know what I mean? Right. Most of the time they just end up if it's a car a cardboard box, even if it's a nicer one, they usually end up tossing it. At least I do. Yeah, that, that's what I feel bad about. Is is um, I I don't like like sometimes you'll get like a um zipper pouch or something that's kind of bulky and it's like i'm never actually going to be able to use this and it's kind of weird to use as like a storage thing either mm-hmm. and so it just feels like i'm throwing away this big hunk of of cloth yeah, right. or whatever and so yeah. so there's like a lot of things where it's like higher quality but then it feels kind of useless yeah um, and so i'd want it to be at least a box that's like you could at least have it like a nice desk stand or, or something, uh, you know, even if it's not, uh, I don't know, used in some better way. Yeah, doubling um, as a stand is cool. Yeah. 
but I, I I like nice packaging. I just I'm not a big fan of like like if I buy like a, a drill or a, you know like <laughs> like you know woodworking tools will come in yeah. like plastic boxes. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of hate those things. Oh, they're hard shell cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's like high end tools like Festool where they have like a whole system where they link together and stuff. Like that's pretty cool. But when it's just like a a box, you know, and I'm not, you know, I don't need to take my drill anywhere. I'm not like a construction worker. Yeah. Uh, so I just hate hate having to feel like should I throw this away or not? And it just <laughs> yeah, right. Make some space and never get it's such a waste to throw it away. But at the same time, it's just gonna sit on a shelf forever. Yeah, I bet we all have a shelf of dedicated empty boxes like that because i yeah. i definitely do yeah i'm really good at purging so i just i just throw it away oh nice <laughs> yeah yeah it's not always a good thing but yeah i'm kind of the same way too i'll be like <laughs> do i really need this nope goodbye and then you know of course <laughs> four hours later i'm like wait, wait oh, i need no. this <laughs> <laughs> i really needed that thing i've done that a lot yeah yeah so those two ballot scissors are like completely done right now other than the in, engraving yeah, other than laser engraving. And like, yes, uh, of course, I still wish they could be, you know, more perfect or whatever. But uh, I just I feel like I just want to get to the point where I feel like I can be proud of stuff right. before I want it. And, and I feel like I'm proud of them. And, you know, uh, they're like better than any other scissors I've made, probably. Um or you know, definitely in cutting, I'd say where I still I still think it's hard for them to cut fabric, but like half the blade will cut fabric. That's pretty okay. good. Yeah, is it uh, like is it which like is the so first half of it? Yeah, yeah. It? Like the the front half is just like the closer you get to the pivot. Yeah. Uh, there's less like tension on the each blade, and so I've I've tried to tweak a little bit. Like, can I put more bend towards the start? You know. Um, like in my mind, it seems like almost like you just want like an angle, not even a curve right. uh, where you just bend it like right at the start and then there would be consistent tension, but that doesn't, that doesn't really work. You kind of do need a curve. Do you think and that's so, where the, the twist is happening? Um, the twist is, um, more so that the like non cutting edge parts flare away from each other. So they okay. aren't rubbing and like being the contact point instead of the blades and from my experiments that isn't i don't think the problem okay um but i i might continue to tweak that as well because uh that might help but i i think you just need a lot of tension or something as like soft and flexible as fabric just rather be pushed in between than than cut um and so it's it's kind of crazy and and there also just maybe inherent limits because of the complexity of the design, but yep. I think it'll keep getting better. Nice. Yeah. I guess yeah. you push like a sharpening choil that goes up a little bit. Uh, I I don't think. Be kind of funky, maybe though. I mean, I in a way, I kind of already have that, but. Um, oh okay. What what were what were you saying, John? Uh, I was saying anything. <laughs> okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um. I don't know. Do you guys want? I kind of wanted to talk about uh, like surfacing as well. Oh yeah. yeah. What do you let's got? Talk. Yeah, let's uh, kind of do it. So, John had talked about how he wants to. He was trying to do the thing where if you match the, uh, like chip per tooth with the step over, it gives a more even finish, right? And and I've seen I've seen stuff like this, like videos on it where. You know, it, it makes like if you get it all lined up, it makes more an even grid pattern. And so instead of seeing like lines in one direction and a, a texture the different direction, you get a kind of a consistent finish in both directions. And it just looks better and is easier for the following finishing steps. Um, I can understand uh, why if you have like a sweeping curve blade, it, it would be super hard to do that. But I tried to do that in several ways on my blades, which are just like a flat plane, uh, like the main section of them, and I still wasn't able to do it. And so, you know, the first thing I did, I, I, I machined a bunch of blades the last couple days. The first thing I did was uh, just match the step over and the 
uh, feed rate, I was doing three thou for both, um, which is kind of fast. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just the pattern's pretty random. And so what I thought I could do is, okay, well, the starting point is actually like a weird curve, even though it's like a flat surface, you know, it's, it's fusion. I think it generates kind of a polygon shape uh, to base uh, the geometry on, and that's kind of where the tolerances come from and such. And so maybe even though things should be lined up because there's a different starting location for every step over, uh, you know, there's starting a little forward or back along this curve at the start of the blade. Maybe that's how things getting misaligned. And so what I did is I kind of broke the, uh, surface up and made a new surface. That's just like three rectangles. I, I couldn't do like one big rectangle cause of the tab, but it's like, okay, if I, if I just extend out the surface and it just literally starts at like this rectangular straight line and then another rectangular straight line and then another, at least these like three patches should like all line up where the, the step overs line up. But still, even doing that, it's like all wiggly where, you know, there, you, it doesn't look like they, they line up. And so that, you know, maybe could have something to do with the limits of my machine. But I, I'm curious if you think it's just like kind of beyond Fusion's capabilities. So oh, one question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, are you running one way only? Are you running both ways? I, I'm doing one way only. One way only. Okay. Um, that would negate a fair bit of any backlash you might have. To the way I'm doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. Running just one direction will. Yeah, I, I, I'm going. Uh, you know, it, probably in my last videos or something, I was going. Uh, like the short distance on the blade and I was doing both ways, but mm -hmm. uh, I haven't done that in quite a while. So okay, I'm, cool. I'm going like the full length of the blade and then coming back going the full length. Okay. Um, oh, and I, I even took it a step further. These rectangles I made, um, I made sure that they were all divisible by three thou oh, in geez. both directions. So like wow. they, sh they should even like start at the same place cause they shouldn't have to like round. I would hope. It's like uh, knurling, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it 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 didn't matter, and so interesting. If if that's not possible, it makes it seem like it'd be really impossible for for John to be able to get his sweeping curved blade to to match up like truly nicely. Right, I think you have something to say, John. Yeah, well, I was gonna say like there's so many variables as far as like like what it could be and like what could be changed to improve but oh, yeah. what does the actual surface like look like does it look cloudy or does it have like actual toolpath like swirl marks in it it, it it's um it's taking a chip because i know because like i'm going super fast i'm going like 90 inches a minute and, and so that's what i was going to say where you know i've tried a lot of different parameters but ignoring trying to match anything and uh, going significantly slower in feed rate is what I've found is the best. And so I was trying to do 3,000 step over and 90 inches a minute. What I found is going all the way down to 40 inches a minute seems like uh, much better. But then I keep 3,000. I tried like 2,000 and slower. I tried, uh, you know, like I think... I think if I go to two thou, it's too small, and then five thou, it starts getting a little too big of step over. But then uh, going about one thou inch per tooth, which is with the eight flutes, it's like around forty inches a minute. Um, you know, slightly more than one thou uh, inch per tooth. That's what's getting me the best finish. Nice. Yeah, I think at ninety inches a minute, you might be hitting some some limitations of your machine the the servos might servos the steppers might not be able to uh follow each other perfectly i think that's part of it but i also think um that it's just it's just taking a bigger chip like i wanted to go fast because i was worried about rubbing but right. even going as slow as 40 like really if you look super close it still looks like it's taking a chip um 
And so I, I don't think I'm having rubbing issues. If, if I go even smaller step over, if I go to the two thou step over, I think I might having have uh, rubbing issues because it, it looks more smeary and warpy. And so it, I feel like it's having a hard time cutting a little bit. Right. Um, is this, are you hard milling them or soft milling them? No, this, this is soft. Yeah. Okay, cool. that. Um, yeah. Maybe you guys would, uh, uh, and, and, and I was more worried about the rubbing stuff and, and wanting to go kind of a feed milling strategy because I was doing hard, but I'm kind of just trying completely random stuff because it's just soft. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're going to get a much better surface finish if you can pull a chip when you're hard milling, like mm-hmm. yeah. hard mill. but also what, what kind of tool paths are you running as far as, so you start as an actual, like a solid and then you're going into a bevel. So are you roughing and then finishing? Like what is your what is your toolpath like stack up actually look like? So um, I I am doing a a roughing step. Um, I uh, we were talking to TJ Schwartz I think about he was saying he wasn't doing roughing steps um, on Instagram. We were talking to him and yep. uh, uh, I did try that and I I feel like a. I was having gouging problems I hadn't seen before um, where there would just be like a strange kind of deeper line, uh, uh, like yep. significantly deeper when I tried to, to just take a fine step over, but get rid of any roughing pass. So I'm just cool. using a regular end mill, do 5,000 steps, uh, like height, the 5,000 steps high. Um, and then I'm just using like a regular parallel tool path. Okay. But, uh, but you have like an actual, a roughing strategy and then you have a, a finishing strategy or did you say you had them combined? I rough, but like just with a regular end mill. Yeah. So it leaves 5,000 steps. I'm not doing like a surfacing 3d roughing step and then a surfacing, you know, finishing. Gotcha. Yeah. It, it's just a, it's just the rough steps and then the, the surfacing. Gotcha. And then what is the size of the tools for the, I don't know if you said for the roughing and the finishing. Yeah, I don't think I said it's a, it's a quarter inch eight flute end mill with a, uh, it's a bull nose with a 60 thousandths radius. It's the one that Maritool sells, right? Yeah. HCC makes them. Yeah. Yeah. I like those tools. Um, so like, so what I do, and so I can only give you what, cause we're hard, we're hard milling so that like the parameters are slightly different, but like what I'm doing is like a roughing strategy essentially, but it's just a, it's a surfacing tool path. I think it's just like contour or whatever. And then only leaving, uh, what is it? It's like one to 2% of the diameter's width as stock to leave. And then doing a semi finish with a, like a, essentially another cutter, like another ball nose. And then the finishing toolpath is a dedicated finisher. That's the yep. same toolpath, but it's going to like final cut. So it's like rough semi semi finish and then full finish. And the semi finish is really helpful because the final finish, it doesn't see any extra tool load because it's essentially following equal stock to leave from the prior toolpath. So if you're like doing an adaptive rough, what's happening is like you're leaving these little like uh, material maybe more like in one area more than another. And then, so when the cutter comes in there to cut it and like actually cut through there, the tool loads different in some areas than another, at least that's what I've seen. Cause you know, adapt yeah, for leave. me. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like the actual finishing tool path, there's a ton of stuff you can do, but I'm curious about what your like point density looks like. Yeah. I, don't I was going to bring that up like next. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I know I probably should have looked at that um because I'm just doing the like straight lines uh parallel. I haven't even paid attention to points. I you know, I'll look at that if it's like complex stuff, but uh I haven't really paid any attention to that in a long time. Um yeah. uh, I I uh I I think I don't I don't feel like the kind of bad spots or discrepancies um uh really align with with how the roughing step went i th- i think you're right i think i should try running a 
you know, a semi-finished step and then see how it improves. Um, and I could, I, I'll, I'll continue to try using this like rectangular version of the surface, but I, I still feel like, uh, the, the alignment stuff, uh, just might not be possible with fusion cause it's, it's not smart enough. Um, what, what's the alignment thing that you're talking about? Well, it's like I thought. I thought what you were trying to do is is if you make your chip load uh, the same as as oh, your step over, mm-hmm. it'll it'll make kind of a grid pattern that's more of like an even finish instead yeah. of having clear lines in one direction. Gotcha. I have not actually ever been able to get that to work, from what I can tell. But like I've gotten it good enough to where I'm like, okay, this is good. And again, because right. it's like. Yeah, and so like so what that, I was that curve is kind of weird. What I was saying is is even making like a as simplified surface as possible, it it won't line up. Like I I think fusion just might not be smart enough where it's kind of like making different slight estimates of like I think this is where we should start the toolpath. I think this is where we should start, and then because. Uh, they're starting like small, tiny, and like I don't know. Maybe Fusion is smart. Maybe if I make the tolerance like as tiny as it'll let me, and then I had like a super accurate machine, maybe all of the tool paths would start at like the perfect point, yep. such that oh. they'd all super nicely line up. Um, I don't know. It's probably a mix of things because even if they were like slightly disaligned, but all like consistently, so it was like everything was just angled a few degrees. You know, even that'd be better, but it it just has like a randomness to it. Yeah, um, that just doesn't use, look nice. Are you using smoothing? Uh, I think I turned it off. Okay, cool. Yeah, I funny enough, sm- smoothing off tends to yield better results for surfacing. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, which is strange because it's because it's not um, f- smoothing is essentially I think like arc filtering. So it'll try to condense multiple points into a suitable arc, which means it has to kind of round some things, and then it makes the toolpath less accurate to the surface. Yeah, it just seems strange to me because you'd think that like less commands the machine has to do, the easier it'd be for the machine. For older machines, possibly, but the actual toolpath won't follow the surface as accurate as accurately. Yeah. So you can have like you know, one section that's a little bit higher and then like one random one that's like just a 10th lower and then it can cause visual discrepancies. If you, if you have like a compound chamfer on an angle on a arc, it'll completely <laughs> trust me. Cause I, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> um, so, uh, another kind of thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is, is I've been getting these blades, uh, bead blasted after heat treat to remove scale mm-hmm. uh, which I think I might have to continue doing because there's some really t- difficult things to get in to yep. uh, like spaces to get in and so uh, after that I do tumbling and everything right I do tumbling before and after mm-hmm. but I have to cut off the tabs at some point right mm-hmm. so I have them heat treated I resize the holes that are critical and then I cut off the tabs. Um, and that leaves a finish that I didn't tumble and that wasn't bead blasted. And so, you know, I, I had to work a little bit to just kind of clean up where the tab is with the, with the grinder, with the sander and, you know, just kind of make it shiny enough. And, and I think it looks okay, but is that something you guys have to do? Do you have to kind of blend slightly different finishes because of, Tabs. Is your tab on the spine? One of them is. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Okay, I used to do uh, spine tabs on the Marin blades, and um, so I would. It was on the, I guess, like the, whatever the swedge section is called of the spine. Uh-huh. Like, what's the name of that? Swedge. The swedge. <laughs> yeah, I think it's swedge or, or yeah, false, it swedge. false edge sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. False edge is a good one because I thought the swedge was the actual angle. Anyway. Um, yeah, I would just uh, I would hand profile that on a grinder. It wasn't the most elegant solution, but uh, I also didn't blast or tumble until after I did that, which doesn't work out in your case. Yeah, I I, I 
got the horizontal grinder I have for this purpose. Um, I just didn't really completely think about how like it's kind of missing out on two steps. Maybe it's right. kind of cool if there's slightly different finishes. Um, and the tumbling is good. I don't know. It's just something I didn't fully think about until I had like un- it, the first time I really thought about it is I, I kind of left it at a high grit and then I was like, Oh, you can really see this, this, uh, or by high grit, I mean, uh, you know, gritty, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, so low grit, uh, and I could really see it after the tumbling and I was like, Oh, I should go back and just go through a couple belts so that it tumbles a little bit more because it looks weird. Right. I guess you can maybe like scotch right the whole, the whole spine after and then, and then do a tumble real quick. Kind of blend it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. I was, I was just about to suggest that, um, on the pit vipers, I had to do a lot of cleanup on the, on the very tips, which ended up just being the entire spine. I found that if I scotch brighted and or polished or scotch bright then polished and then threw in the tumbler, it it wasn't the same finish, but it, it like camouflaged itself very nicely because it, it blended just super well. Yep. Scotch bright is magic. Yeah, I um I feel like neither grinder I have really is great for scotch bright because uh the horizontal one kind of has like a tight turn. And so, oh yeah, if you use like too small of one of the wheels, the Scotch Brite just can't bend enough to actually be driven by the machine. Yeah, you um, need like a like a balder motor and just one of those Scotch Brite wheels. Yeah, definitely get a a bench grinder and change the wheels out for a Scotch Brite right. wheel. I but, use like a 3M makes a pretty hard like buffing wheel essentially, and I'll do that if I have to, and then just throw it in the tumbler and it blends pretty good. Yeah, so I have a the two by 72 grizzly grinder, uh, which I don't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it for like 10 years. Oh, wow. And, uh, on one, on one end, um, I, I do usually keep, uh, one of those like gray wheels, um, where it's like a, a heavier scotch bright wheel, uh, that is really good for like deburring. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I should look at like other Scotch Bright wheels that might be able to go just on the end like that. Yeah, there's so much stuff like that out there. Like any type of wheel you could think of exists, basically. Also, you you may want to look into air polishing. Um, Lucas has had good success with that with the tsunamis. What's air polishing? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> it blew my mind when he was talking about <laughs> it. It's basically like sandblasting. Um, except the media they use, I guess, is, is oh. not necessarily gritty. It's it's a, more akin to bead blasting. Yep. However, it's not actually denting as much as just like barely burnishing. That's this is the, a really weird thing. That's um, the thing I found from Okamoto. I yeah. Just, yeah. I just typed it into Google and I get like a oh, ton of gross of dental pictures. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, you might want to hit up Lucas about it. I don't I don't know exactly like what machine or, or anything right. he has, but He's able to, yeah. He's able to literally polish blades with like a sandblasting technique, um, and I'm jealous. I'm very. I wonder very if they do that with the tsunami blades. I think the, that's what he got it for, um, uh-huh. because he was having issues with the uh, the same thing you were having is that the, the in between, yeah, the finish wouldn't clean up in it between the, a little bit. the lines. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting that a little bit. It's not fully yeah. dialed, but the tumble does um, do a pretty good job right now. Yeah, but if you look at the tsunami, it is it is highly polished. It um, is, and yes. I for a while I thought he was just doing that by, or some poor chap was doing that by hand. Right. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd much rather blast apart to to polish it than polish it on a wheel. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely hit up Lucas about that because he, he has more info on it than I have. But he gave me a quick spiel, and I was like, "This is amazing." Nice. Yeah, I um, I still am also just trying to figure out what I can do to get tool marks uh out because uh on these when i said i could sell you can definitely see tool marks where they were surfaced yeah and um uh i haven't tried tumbling some that i slowed down all the way to 40 inches a minute um but like cool trick that you guys might not know um if you make something take longer it (laughs) comes out better 
Huh. <laughs> That's so weird. I just can't imagine. I kind and of forgot so, about that because yeah, I too. forever on my blades and they still come out like shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, I should have probably slowed it down way faster, but like it's it's tricky because the tumbling will often make it look like it got rid of the tool marks. Um, but then I wanted to do like a little bit of a polish with a ceramic, I think, mm-hmm. uh, or porcelain. I think I might have talked about this a little yet yeah. last week. Yep. Um, yeah, and then the porcelain cleans it up, and, and like I tried it for like sixteen hours, but really. <laughs> It, it gets like 90% of the way there, I feel like, after just like a couple hours. Um, right. And so uh, I, I like doing it, but it does reveal the tool marks again a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it does a really good job of hiding things until you touch it and change the surface finish. Yep. It's ho- it's like horrible when you tumble something. You're like, man, the tool marks are gone finally. And then you acid etch it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. hello, tool marks. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, yeah. Right. So, so I, I feel like maybe we've talked in the past. I'm not sure if, if there's, uh, if you feel like there's wheels you can use to, to clean up tool marks off blades, uh, without like accidentally rounding over all the edges significantly. Yeah. I don't I, know. It's a battle. Case, yeah. In your case, I would probably set up just a straight up belt grinder with a jig. Because it's a flat bevel, you only have to hit it one way, and I think you you probably already thought about this because we talked about it before. Um, yeah, I, I just would need to build some kind of jig or, or buy something to hold the plate, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I definitely design pretty, it so it's easier. They sell some pretty nice, uh, like adjustable angle blade grinding jigs, I think. Yeah, I looked at some at Blade Show. Uh, that makes um, sense. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh. Yeah, I, I'm still thinking about the right way to do it, and right. I don't yeah, know. I'll, maybe I'll send you out. pictures of the the ones I'm wanting to sell and see what yeah, see if you guys are yeah. feel accept if the tool marks are acceptable. Yeah, right, definitely. Yeah. Have you tried any like in uh, in machine burnishing polishing solutions like those like needle polisher? Thing? Have you all seen those? Yeah, I've tried one of those. There's uh, a there's like a a scale needle polisher yeah. thing for milling machines yeah uh john have you do you have any experience with that oh i i was talking about the hand ones but oh either way (laughs) um well so i know a lot of like molding companies uh this it's in the mold and dye industry is they do it for like super high polish um because you can obviously use a tool path to polish things and it's i think it's just like a straight up needle burnisher but you stick it in spindle um I've thought about it, but it was just another tool, and I don't have a pocket for it. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know how well it would it would actually work on like an angle. I don't I don't know if it needs like a flat surface or something. So is yep. it just like a a single needle just going up and down super fast? No, it's like a it's like a lot of needles. Um, and okay. I don't know how to describe. It's like a, if you took a handful of spaghetti noodles, that's what it looks like. Um, well, I've seen the like hand ones. Um, it's like a needle scaler. Yeah. Um, better finish finer finer scales but like i assume it's like shaking them up and down or something yeah i forget the exact uh motion but that's kind of the idea is it's, yep. it's like a peening surface right i wonder if you could just use like a kratex stick and then just oh. and then just uh use that as a quote-unquote end mill and just <laughs> run over it with in the machine that's an idea. Also, there's um like diamond tooling, diamond burnishing tools. I know there's a they're popular in the lathe tooling. I don't oh, know. If yeah. any, I, like, I have built. seen, you know, if I I'd have to tilt the part at an angle or something, but yeah, I've seen it. It looks like a face mill, but with just like six burnishers sticking out like straight down out of the yeah. bottom of it, and uh, and you can burnish flat surfaces. You you might want to try that. Uh, with your flat that. bevel, well, I'm gonna say with the flat bevel that you've got going on, that's gonna be the highest likelihood out of all of us to succeed, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. From what would, uh, would burnishing actually work though? Because like, isn't the the whole toolpath thing the problem? Is it's got the peaks on there, and then I don't know. Does burnishing actually cut peaks down? 
because it I doesn't cut really them; it smushes them it, into the yeah. low points. Yeah, it's supposed to smush and even out the peaks and valleys. Yep. gotcha. It's kind of like form tapping, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like burnishing, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wonder about, about heat generation though, on something like that. I feel like there'd be a lot oh. of heat generation. <laughs> yeah, you you're gonna need air blast for days. Yep. For sure. Yeah, that's that's also. I was doing air blast for all these blades I did recently. Um, even though it's soft and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm vigilant enough to tell how better it is than coolant or not. I think for soft steel, you should use coolant, but I may be wrong with that. Yeah. I like coolant on everything except hard milling. Even if it's a Alton tool. Yeah. Except for maybe some more special alloys like, uh, uh, they're leaving my mind right now, but like Hassel and things like that. Yeah, Inconels. There we go, Inconel. Um, yeah, I think I think coolant will do you favors because with with soft steels you'll remove a chip without generating as much heat, and so the coolant will just keep the cool tool the tool cool. Yep. Yeah, I I hope you know going down to to forty inches a minute. I feel like the chips were a little bit dark brown, and I hope that's not brown. Like, yeah. like, like copper? Well, you know, like I feel like you're in a good spot if they're kind of goldish color, you yeah. know, like straw. People call it mm-hmm. straw colored. Yeah. And I feel like it's hard to tell, but they're like a, a darker, darker straw. It's um, probably fine. So I don't, I don't know if that's past the blue stage, but hopefully, I, hopefully I haven't gotten gone past blue. As long as they're not like a dark gray, I think you're fine. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think it's like low blue. Yeah. At the end of the day, as long as the tool life is good and the finishes where you want it, that's also a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I feel so much more comfortable with the process, I've basically like run through all of my laser blade, laser cut blades now. Nice. Um, nice. Where I was like, so like, just do like four at a time, go through the whole thing, do like four at a time or eight at a time, go through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, now I've just, you know, run through them all, which is still only like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I have like 20 blades or something I can possibly make into scissors at this point, Hell yeah. um, which exciting. is still not that many, but it's um, a good start. It's a hell of a good start. <laughs> and I mean, if you get 20 out there, uh, you will get an incredible amount of feedback. Yeah, I have, I have two blades, so that's only, that's only 10 scissors. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, right. right. <laughs> I was gonna say you're gonna be you're gonna be caught up to me otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna have to make some adjustments, and, and some of those blades I made actually are 440C. And okay. So, um, I'm hopefully I'm hopefully gonna just see if there's any small difference with them, um, and hopefully. I'll have an answer I feel okay with before I order like a hundred more yep. blanks laser cut. Yeah. Nice. Heck yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, it's super progress. exciting. Yep. <laughs> People are gonna get uh, nuts for them for sure. I'll I'll uh, I'll give you my address after the podcast and you can <laughs> I'll pay for you. Um anything else you guys are doing? So Grant. Yes. Uh, tell me about how wonderful life is right now. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Grant? <laughs> Nothing. Everything's going really well. Uh, oh, yeah. Employees are awesome. Zeke's rocking it. Um, I've got a new product that I teased a little bit, and I showed uh, at least Dalem. Yeah. I'll you guys later. Um, and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. It's a very simple mill project, only titanium single part um it's it's just going to be a nice thing to like have an inventory on the site so that i'm right. not just constantly dropping and selling out which is yep. a weird thing to complain about yeah seriously um yep. let me think oh i made a, a cool heat press uh heat treat press thingamajig yeah um, i think it's sweet yeah so i've been thinking about this for literally months now i was going to buy a t-shirt press and modify it but i found this little little tiny press and it's operating on some kind of cam lever so that as you press it down at the end of the stroke, it locks down with all the pressure you just put in it, 
which is perfect. Yep. And then I just put on eight inch by eight, eight inch plates on either end, and it's a perfect little heat treat press, like a hundred right. bucks in. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so, so this is a, a quenching plate setup. Yes. What what is uh what is the actual machine originally for? It's, I was trying to figure that out myself. I, I think it's for putting on patches, uh, like glue oh, on okay. heat patches. Uh, that makes sense. It, it came with one side was aluminum and one side was rubber. And so it okay. heats up whatever the aluminum, it presses it on and then it holds it and whatever. Okay. Uh, so I was reading reviews and I think one review was saying like, oh, I can make oils now. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. But I saw, I looked at the mechanism and I was like, this is perfect. No, yeah, it's a perfect mechanism. Um, yeah. And honestly, I, now that I've like played with it, I'm pretty positive that McMaster sells, uh, work holding clamps that are this exact mechanism. So you can very easily just get one of those and turn it on, yeah. put it into your own press. Yep. Um, I've seen those, um, those kind of like cam yeah. lever clamps before. Yeah. Yeah. So, people will make woodworking jigs, uh, that use those a lot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm literally, I had the, the entire thought process of, oh, I'll go get a casting made and then I'll get those McMaster clamps and I'll build my own thing and then I'll sell right. these. And I was like, no, wait, 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 back up. <laughs> <laughs> made my one and I'm happy. I'm, yep. I'm good with this. Yep. Uh, so you're not using like any of the heating properties or anything though? Yeah. I just cut the wire straight off because I, <laughs> I, I, I never wanted somebody to plug it in. And so, and just in case, like I'm heat treating the blades, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I left it in there for like temper. three hours. And Although, honestly, yeah, you could probably temper it while clamped. I didn't think about that, but that's kind of cool. Thought. That's right? kind of weird. Yeah. Did you face off your plates? I didn't, um, because these were were fixture plates. They, they were, you know, stock, uh, okay, mill finish flat, so they're not like uneven. Okay. Um, but I just didn't want to try to shove really weird shapes into the mill and face it off. Yeah. Part, so. Cram it in an eight by eight plate. Um, yeah, I'm going to just try it. And worst case, if these work, then I'm not going to mess with it. If they don't work, yeah. I'm going to get some. It should be a huge improvement. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But if, if they don't work, I'm going to get some new stock and then I'm going to actually cut in some heat sinks into it. Nice. Uh, and then face off and make it all pretty. Yep. I still uh, been meaning to make water cooled plates. I just haven't gotten there. Yeah. That's I, what I was going to say. Yeah. I had that thought too because I know that's what Grinsmo did. Because um, yep. whenever I heat treated the last batch for Dalen, um, I I did like twelve blades, and I and the plates were like hot to the touch. Yeah, did you do twelve uh, at once in, in in quench? No, I did. I did six at every quench. Um, okay. Yep. Which is just so much heat pumping into it. So it between is. between each batch of six, I would just dunk the plates in a bucket of water. <laughs> I was like, this is not. Wait, wait, you'd put multiple blades in the plates at the same time? Yeah. Yep. But I does that, that mean they have to be like perfectly the same height or else they're not all touching? Well, they are. Granted, they um, are. Yeah, they, I mean, they're, they're surface ground. So Dalen put them to, you know, plus or minus two tenths. Yeah. Um, I, the big, so they, there was warping issues, but it wasn't necessarily directional warp. It was a very hill and valley situation. Yeah, it was a very interesting warp. It was like the tabs almost uh, decided to curl up a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's just because I didn't have pressure on it, which yeah, is yeah. why. Pressure, I think, is king, honestly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I still just would wonder if, if, if like, it, it's... Well, are you, are you doing it in the bags, actually? Yeah, so I put two... I have a... Uh, my bags are four by eight or four by nine, I think. So I put two side by side, and then I put three three bags containing two blades in sort of a triangle pattern, and I I put these big uh, I think they're twenty by twenty plates on them. Huh? Yeah, I, I would I would uh, I don't know I'd be afraid to do that, but you think it is just it like they seem like they quench all the same and yeah no they oh. they quench really well. Um, the the only thing is I I think it's probably like three or four thou of warp. I've been able to grind it out always, and Dalen yep. ground out the warp that was in these. But it was enough that I, I wanted to improve it just because I'm giving Dalen warped parts, and I, I didn't want him to struggle with it. So Yeah, just a, a few more flips was, was really it. My, I mean, my biggest concern was the fact that they're probably still warped after the fact because, you know, the mag choke will suck out some of the warp. Yeah, they, they weren't really that bad. I, I checked oh, most good. of them. Cool. Um, they, it's weird. The Okamoto finish doesn't lap like my brown is sharp are you noticing that 
Dude. Doesn't lap. I don't lap anything after. Uh, not lap like uh, not lapping as in like sanding, but like like a gauge block. Uh, oh, like you know, it doesn't ring together. Sorry, yeah, d- they weren't ringing together. I didn't know if maybe that's just like the oil dried off because they're on the paper. I'm not sure. I know it, the spindle bearings are probably on their way out. There's a very, very, very slight waving in it. Um, you have to hit it in the light like perfectly. It could also okay. just be the wheel difference. Yeah, well, it, it's a much cleaner, consistent finish. So I really like that. Right. Um, I think it might just it, be a slightly coarser finish. Yeah, maybe. It, yeah. It, it was interesting because it looks better. Like mine is is technically brighter. Like there's more of a yeah. reflection, but you can see in between the reflection. There's Yeah, I think it's wheel grit and maybe hardness. I'm going to play around with some are slightly you, harder wheels. Are yeah. you dressing before a finishing pass? Uh, not on a finishing um, but, uh, I dress pretty frequently specifically so, when I'm doing, um, uh, finish grinding. Yeah. So, you know, that wheel you recommended to me and then I was like, okay, I'm going to buy it. And then yeah. I actually got that wavy finish, like exactly what you were talking about. And I was like, okay, what's going really? on? Like maybe it's the wheel. That's so weird. what I, what I started doing was I did a really, really wide, I don't really call it. It's like a rough, um, dress Okay. and only in like the forward direction. So you like. Yeah, uh, I think it's like a five thou or ten thou dress, and like you spin through the dress really fast. So yeah, like yep. pretty porous. Yep. And I would do that for a finishing, and it wouldn't give me the wavy finish. So Interesting. Like, yeah. What... Do you do you dress back and forth, or do you just dress it one way? I typically, when I want to go for a finer dress, I'll actually dress it both directions, or I'll I'll dress and then I'll skim pass back. Gotcha. Ah, interesting. So I found that leaving it just going one way and in like rough seemed to give me actually a yep. better finish. But like Perhaps. I said, it's it's totally dependent on right on the wheel and everything and yeah. and the diamond. I know my diamond's getting a little rounded over. There's a high chance that I'm glazing oh, the yeah. wheel a little bit when I'm that's, yeah. yeah, that's a huge part of it. I it is yeah. I'm very not. I think we're all pretty novice to service grinding, but oh yeah. <laughs> what, what I know a sharp diamond and a coarse dress or like a like a I don't know a sharp deep dress. Yep. Because if, if you if you do like a spring pass, you're you're sort of knocking off the sharp bits, I guess. Right. Um, which could could hurt your dress. Well, it's a really it's really not even the wheel. same. Um, it's not even like a real spring pass. I I don't do that spring pass because in my mind it's like cutting threads on a lathe. If you go super fast, you're you're cutting like a spiral into it, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're doing a spring pass, you're not really following that exact same spiral. That's so you're, you're creating a second, slightly yep. different spiral. Well, so funny and, enough. You know, so I, I, I'll just, I'll like touch it, uh, go back and forth once so that I can like get off of the wheel and then I'll like bring it down maybe five thou. I think I'm doing a little less now. And then I'll just, you know, crank it super fast because the way I've heard it described is you want like an open dress where like you yeah, want kind of air and coolant to be able to kind of get in there. Yeah, yeah. Like I kind of had the, I guess, the opposite mindset where I didn't want, you know, quote unquote, threads on the wheel because that would yield an uneven finish. Mm. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I need to play around with it more. I have spare diamonds. I just got to turn down the shaft a little bit so it fits in my little holder or make a different holder. Yeah, I I had to do that. I for some reason eBay diamonds like aren't actually accurate. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I got uh, like a, I think it was a. Uh, half inch or three quarter i forget um shank and it's you know plus 20 thou i'm like what the heck oh geez i got pretty really uh, i found a local tool and die maker who had a garage in his shop way back when i bought these diamonds and um, i bought them all from him and they're like super super old high quality untouched diamonds with the wax on them still wow that's that's pretty solid right i just gotta find them again i don't know where they they went yeah i feel like i remember when i got my first surface grinder i was like from tormach i was like freaking out because i somehow misplaced the diamond it came with and then maybe tormach doesn't sell one like oh, yep. or something and so like i was talking to dale and i was like which freaking diamond should i get there's so many weird choices <laughs> i remember like, that yeah lucas was like showing me he got recommended by okamoto like some weird like five point crazy oh, diamond yeah. okamoto's have weird stuff and I yeah, was like, I don't yep. know what is going on. Right. Those five points are good for like when you're doing weird uh, weird angles or profiles on the wheel, I think. Yeah. 
It just allows you to have the right angle of the dress. Have you guys yeah. seen any of uh, Suburban Tools surface grinding videos? No, like, I, I haven't. Believe, yeah. I, I don't think I have. Sub- Suburban Tool, they make like they make mag chucks and they make like one, two, three blocks and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, they have some, like the, the guy who hosts the videos is kind of funny and, uh, uh, but he seems super knowledgeable. Like he has some good videos where like they're grinding a, a radius onto the wheel to do surface grinding where you need to match some radius or, or do like yep. complex angles or, or grinding angles onto the wheel. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, yeah. like a rotary grinding or um, yeah, like an ODID grinding. Yeah, OD grinding stuff like yep. that. Yep. Yeah, we're just—I yeah. mean—we're doing like the the bare bones of the bare bones of the surface grinding world for what we need. Yeah, and we're still struggling. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I should yeah. have Nokomoto Tech coming out within the next few weeks, just to oh, nice. uh, just to go uh, give it all a once over. Yeah, I'll probably we- have a new spindle bearings. Honestly, if he knows anything about grinding, pick his brain. Yeah right. Notes. Well, my my Neutronics dealer was a um, was a mold maker for his entire professional oh. life. Um, so I've been able to ask him some questions here and there. He's a super cool dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Dale and I hesitate to ask, but how's your week going? Oh, you know, um, some ups, some downs, mostly downs. Um, I've been extremely productive because I have to be. Yeah, you know, I don't want to. I don't really want to go too far into it, but um, I don't know. I, I mangled four fingers not while working, uh, so that makes working difficult. Yeah. Ooh, what happened? Uh, long story short, um, I blended my fingers on my drone props at 30,000 RPM. Oh, my gosh. A drone? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> powerful drone. Um, so that was uh, super fun. I actually shattered the, uh, the plastic props on my fingernail. Nice. Damn. So that was pretty cool. Um. <laughs> So yeah, metal. I'm just kind of keeping the shop running, and it's amazing how productive you can be when you need to be. Sometimes I forget <laughs> yeah. how much I can get done when I just don't take breaks and work as hard <laughs> as I can for nine hours straight. Yeah. yeah. So how, how many knives have you individually like gotten ready to ship? You I drop. Oh, uh, so in in two days I got thirty knives, um, thirty blades, machine surface ground for the prismas and then i assembled all 30 and boxed all 30 and shipped those while also keeping production running holy cow that's a lot yeah yep is is there a lesson that can be learned from the drone thing so i don't make the same mistake (laughs) um it was a really it was a really freak situation um and like i did overall everything seemingly correct uh Wear gloves when you plug in is the best thing I got for you, honestly. Uh, or, I guess so. Or, I mean, yep. don't wear gloves when using a lathe, but maybe no, right? Yeah, drones, in this particular I guess. case, yep. Yeah, we can get it. We can go into more detail as well off podcast because um, it was a very interesting situation, and it's a it's a pretty. I have some pretty gruesome images. So, oh yeah, they're, no, they're nasty. Yeah, but yeah, was, the week's going okay overall. I have an electrician coming end of this month, I think, to tear out my entire panel and put in a proper commercial 42 position panel. Nice. That's super exciting. Because when I installed the Okamoto, when I wired it, I had to take three different 110 outlets and cram them all onto a single 20 amp breaker. Oh, I had no space. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) So if I have the right combination of things running, um, I trip that breaker and lose most of my outlets and and the shop lights it's an awesome it's just that's great. what i'm talking about oh yeah <laughs> yep living the dream oh yeah <laughs> but yeah everything's going all right i have an interview today that's exciting yeah so yep. like a new employee you uh, talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's well, selling everything hopefully. he's getting yeah right i'm done <laughs> yeah um, i was gonna i was gonna say yeah, you're yeah, interviewing for a job at employee, a potential new employee i decided to work with a staffing agency Oh, Interesting, which has been a really great experience so far. Oh. Um, they take a pretty large cut; they're like a forty-two percent cut. Oof! Oh yeah. Um, but that forty-two percent, they cover, they cover all of the like payroll fees, all of the taxes, all of the um, workers' compensation insurance, like all of that. Which Wait, so the, for like how long? <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's usually a ninety-day contract through them, and then I have the option to bring on that employee full time. 
gotcha. like, like okay. under my payroll. Oh, interesting. But like, so that 42%, all things considered, isn't that much more than how much it would cost any of us to have an employee. You know, when you pay someone yeah. hourly, you yeah. pay their hourly rate, but then you have to cover their taxes, yeah, any tax. insurance benefits, workers' compensation, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think the cut is is reasonable and, you know, they have access to tons and tons and tons of people because they're a staffing agency. So like mm-hmm. legitimately in 24 hours, like, hey, we have this person that looks, sounds really promising. Here's their resume. Do you want them to come in for an interview? Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And if that one doesn't out, they'll just keep sending me people until we find someone good, hopefully. So is, is this one different than, I mean, I guess it is different than the uh, machinist that you were talking about? Uh, correct. Yeah. So I was telling you about um, one of my old coworkers from Santa Cruz. Um, this is a younger guy in school for manufacturing engineering oh. um, and also metallurgy, Hell which yeah. is awesome. Uh, nice. He Watch is it. he is certified and trained for CNC uh, operation and setup. Um, it's not currently part of any of his job responsibilities, so he's a little bit green on CNC. Yeah, but if it's someone who's young that I see a lot of potential in that is excited and wants to learn, that's like a perfect fit. Yeah, no, that's that fire in their eyes will tell you yep. everything you need to know. And that's yeah, exactly. But uh, do, do you yeah, think I'm they're current, Do you think they're currently in college or not? They are active. I think they're actively attending. The resume I was sent didn't make it clear, so I'll find that out today. Okay, that's because yeah. that's what I'd be worried about. Is like, it, you know, that that you know, college is its own difficult thing. You know. Oh yeah, it totally is. Um, I mean, I'm very willing to accommodate schedules. Uh, but um, then, and then if he does graduate, you know, if he does graduate, maybe he really likes making knives but if if he graduates and he really wants to be making bridges or something you know yeah right then, yeah uh, so i mean yeah we'll have to see you feel it out in the interview kind of go from there but uh yeah, yeah i, ho- I yeah. hope it works out though yeah That's so do i if not i'm sure there will be many more applicants available soon but yeah. um i've definitely determined that i need a machinist first yes um for a reason I didn't initially think about. So when I had assembly techs, I realized if I'm out of the shop and I'm not making parts, they don't have work. Yep. Yep. Whereas if I have a machinist, the the company can still in, in a loose way make money with them running parts when I'm not there. Yeah. Right. It's a huge deal. Uh, I, I came in at 11 o'clock yesterday and Zeke already basically finished our day's worth of production. That's nice. awesome. <laughs> I know. That's incredible. I was, Do you I was save the leads for night, like as a night run still? So yeah. you, you just run the handles in the day and then you and then you have play time on the machine and then just get the blades running before you leave. Exactly. So Zeke nice. starts handles at uh you know six AM and so by the time I get here he's usually two handles deep. And then we run the third one. At noon the the mill is free. So Sweet. from noon to like five or six. That's we awesome. Have, we can have yep. playtime, which is where we got this new product running. Yeah, I mean so uh, I definitely have like I, I have open spindle time. I didn't think I did. Um, you, once I was yeah. like really motivated to keep everything running, I realized that I have probably three hours at least worth of spindle yeah. time on the Miltronics that I can, you know, bring Slifties back with or do something else with. If, if you started running earlier, you probably have even more than that. I bet. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to hopefully get a, a good machinist. Yeah. That's very in. cool. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but. Should we start wrapping up? Did sure. we talk about John? <laughs> oh, who? <laughs> jo- John, give us a summary. <laughs> okay. Um, so I went to a funeral yesterday. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it was for my coffee cup. <laughs> it's my favorite coffee cup I've had oh, for years. Oh, no. no. Yep. That's brutal. Yep. Rip in peace. Uh, let's see. I got the Lang thing in, so I was yep. trying to indicate that in, and I couldn't get it indicated in, and I spent like three hours, so I'm... Nice. I'm not very smart, so. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Happens. made a couple more knives than I did last week, so it was nice. Positive. That's exciting. Oh, Are yeah. you overall impressed with the Lang system, though? Oh yeah, it's like nice. Those... Well worth the money for sure. Yeah, nice. the, the story posts I saw, they it, like even through the videos, it's they like they just were quality from video. Yeah, and you know, you know, honestly, like some people have kind of had like hit or miss depending on who they talk to at the office, but like I use their contact thing on their website, and I was like, hey. Yeah. 
I'm interested. Like, I don't know how to order anything because yeah. obviously I'd rather Help. just order it. <laughs> yeah. But they like emailed me and then like they actually got on a Zoom call with me. Oh. And, like asked me what I wanted and stuff. And, like, Interesting. Like the general manager and then like one of the like the technicians or whatever. And That's like, kind of cool. I'm like, yeah, I just I just barely make knives. So yeah. I was like, right. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I so I, knives I, I appreciated theory. that. Yeah. And, nice. Um, yeah. I guess yeah. I. That's a nice feeling. It kind of gives you a sense of like you're important, I guess. Yeah. So I'm looking cool. at like going to, I was going to buy that four spot table plate, but it's like 10 grand. Ooh. So I'm like, it'd be nice if I could go to like a two spot and then go into it later. So the two spot ends up being like four grand. With, okay. Like, the bore is machined in it for the, for the T slot width. So yep. that's probably what I'm going to do. But nice. for now. And then you can like, they're modular. So you can add on a second two slot. Or just cool. two spot next to it. Nice, that's awesome. So, yeah. It's a, it's a nice system, honestly. So sweet. Know, I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed, but yeah, I'm gonna spend some time today again dialing it, it in. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Very fun. Yep. So that's it. Nice. Cool. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. Now we can wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Cool. Sweet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Yep. Bye bye now. Bye. <laughs>